This is Cruise Radio. What's happening right now is a good example of why you should always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. On this week's show, Ben Souza from cruisefever.net is going to join us to talk about what it was like sailing on the very last cruise ship, like the last revenue cruise after the cruise industry announced they were shutting down for 30 days. Ben was on a three-night cruise over to the Bahamas on Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. Also, more listener questions going to be answered today. And Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Don't forget we have Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news. You can find that Monday through Friday. Correction, I've been doing those seven days a week because of everything happening. But that's found on the Cruise Radio News Feed. Just find that where you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Doug. A lot has changed since the last time we spoke. The cruise industry went silent on March 13th around, well, the first one went around 2 p.m. and they kept dominoing up until around 6 o'clock where Carnival finally pulled it. So here we are. The show must go on, as I said over the weekend. The first news story here, San Juan turned away some cruise ships over the weekend after the announcement was made. Yep. So four ships. It was the Celebrity Summit, Norwegian Epic, Carnival Fascination, and Royals Freedom of the Seas. They were all turned away from the port of San Juan in Puerto Rico. So, and even though there were Puerto Rican residents on board, the ships were still not allowed to dock and disembark passengers. So as a result, Carnival Fascination was headed to Miami with permission to disembark passengers, who would then have to, of course, fly back to San Juan. And the same happened for Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. Celebrity Summit went to Port Everglades and Norwegian Epic went to my old hometown in Port Canaveral. And as you might expect at any port in the last few days, it was a challenge to set up dockage for these unexpected ships and not to mention that passengers were disembarking without any COVID-19 screening. They then hopped on planes as well as went back to their hometowns and maybe even did grocery shopping before they went home. I know I do that a lot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, whether or not they had coronavirus and were asymptomatic is anyone's guess, but at least they are home now. This next story is very reminiscent of what we were dealing with about a month ago with Holland America's Westerdam, but now we're dealing with a Norwegian cruise line ship, but it might have a home now. Yeah, so it's the Norwegian Jewel. It's set out from Sydney, Australia on February 28th for a cruise to the beautiful French Polynesian Islands. And now the ship can't find a place to dock to disembark passengers. According to reports, no one on board has displayed symptoms of coronavirus. But of course, uh, finding a place to dock and have guests go ashore during the course of finding a place to dock and have guests go ashore Norwegian Jewel has crisscrossed the international dateline more than once. Ports throughout French Polynesia, New Zealand, and Fiji all turned the ship away. Then news arrived that Norwegian Jewel would soon have a port to at least dock and refuel and reprovision, and that's in Pago Pago, the capital of American Samoa. But as you just mentioned, we just have word that the ship It looks like the ship will be allowed to dock in Hawaii and passengers can begin to make their way home. Which port in Hawaii is still unknown as of this time? 
This next story is in your neck of the woods. I'm used to saying your neck of the woods when you were down in Port Canaveral, but now I'm saying it again, talking about Alaska, where there was a cruise ship that was supposed to go up to Juneau for a little while. Yeah, you know, this made headlines in all the small town newspapers up here. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting when word got out that Holland America's Westerdam was going to head to Juneau for two months with crew living on board until the Alaska cruise season was underway. So now it appears that instead of Alaska, Westerdam will detour from Hawaii, which is its first stop crossing the Pacific, and then head straight to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Not a bad place to be. Um, If you recall, this is the ship, the Westerdam, that made headlines almost exactly a month ago when no port in Asia would allow the ship to disembark its passengers. And then finally, uh, on February 13th, Westerdam was allowed to dock in Cambodia. And I think most of us saw the photos of passengers. They actually left the ship mostly on uh, Valentine's Day, and they got hugs from the Cambodian officials and flowers as they left the ship. So now another reason, I mean, this is just, everything is so interconnected. Canada, in the meantime, made the decision not to allow any ships in excess of 500 people, which includes crew and passengers, to dock at any Canadian port until July 1st. So, you know, Holland America coming up to Juneau, it made no sense to wait until the Alaska cruise season kicked in because at some point it would have to stop in a Canadian port, probably Victoria Island or Vancouver, before it can disembark passengers because of what we've talked about, the Jones Act, which goes back 100 years. So anyway, um, we'll wait and see, but the ship will head to Puerto Vallarta and wait it out until it can sail again, and hopefully someone comes up to Alaska this year. All right, first listener question. You can always email yours to Doug at cruiseradio.net. There are a lot of cruise ships out there, and I'm sure limited dock space. Where are they all going during this shutdown? Well, that's a that's a really great question because it's you know it's like a sp- spinning plates or juggling. So ships that were scheduled to go to Miami and Port Everglades, they're going to be rotating dockage space so that they can come in, they can refuel, they can reprovision. And then they'll go back out nearby and another ship will come in. So they're going to rotate their docking. Um, Meanwhile, other ports um, are going to take the ships in too. And I'll just mention a few here. For example, with Norwegian, uh, the Bliss, which everybody seems to love, that's going to be in Norfolk, Virginia. And then my old hometown of Port Canaveral is going to have Norwegian Epic in the sun. Um, Where you are, they're going to have Norwegian Gem, Pearl, and Norwegian Sky as far away as you can possibly imagine, Norwegian Spirit's going to be in Cape Town, South Africa. And then if you hop over to Carnival, because so far we only have two of these lists. Um, for example, Carnival Pride is going to go to Baltimore. Sunshine is going to go to Charleston. And part of the rotation will be Carnival Sunrise in Fort Lauderdale. They'll be going in and out. Your port, uh, Doug, is going to have Carnival Ecstasy coming in, uh, came in on the 14th, actually. And then um, New Orleans will have the glory where I'm used to live. The Carnival Breeze and the Liberty are there. And uh, they're just sort of putting ships wherever they can. The only ones that haven't really been determined yet and are out at sea is the Carnival Vista, Panorama, and Imagination. And the Carnival Miracle is currently on a Panama Canal cruise. 
and will is scheduled to return to California midweek, but uh, where the ship will end up being berthed is still an unknown. Also, Matt over at Royal Caribbean blog, he's been keeping up with where the Royal Caribbean ships are. So I'm just going to read a couple of them here. Like Anthem of the Seas is going to do some time at Coco Key, Freedom of the Seas, Port Miami at the dock, Majesty in Gulfport, Mississippi, Symphony at Coco Key as well. You could check Matt's lineup at royalcaribbeanblog.com. All right, second question. I was supposed to sail on Carnival later this month, and right now they're offering a future cruise credit on top of onboard credit or a complete refund. Is one better than the other? Well, you know, it really it depends on how you look at things. And before you even make a decision, go to their website and read all the fine print and the terms and conditions. And it kind of depends on what's most important to you. Um, you know, if you're not sure about when you're going to cruise again, maybe you can use the 100% refund. And that only applies to sailings up until April 9th with Carnival. If, if you're sure you're going to go and, you you know, then for sure, take advantage of any money they're going to give you, the 100% future cruise credit, the onboard credit. If you're going six days or more, it's a $600 onboard credit per stateroom if you sail by December 31 of 22, which is a pretty big window to hopefully everything will be okay. So, you know, but just make sure that, you know, that you get, if you need a refund, ask for the refund. Don't worry about it. And then rebook when you feel more comfortable. But if you're comfortable by December of 2022, then take advantage of what's being offered because $600 onboard credit per stateroom is pretty huge. Yeah, I think it, you know, where you are financially as well, Debbie, like if you're you know, if you have 4000 or $5,000 into this cruise and you need that money right now, yeah. I personally would probably pull it out and say to hell with the $600. But yeah. I mean, everyone's different, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. You know, people are going to, a lot of people are going to need cash in the next six to eight months. So, sure. mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe once they, everything kicks back in and they're in full swing, they're going to have more deals and even better pricing. Yep. So it'll go one way or the other. It'll Either it'll be astronomically priced or it'll be a real incentive to get people back to cruising. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. Stay safe. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? 
Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, in which we include the visas, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Ben Souza is on the line. He was on the last Royal Caribbean ship to sail just before the voluntary suspension. Were you actually, was it before or after, Ben, when you were sailing? They actually, the announcement came when we were in the middle of our mustard drill. For okay. So at that point, it's like, we're sailing. Yeah, well, we weren't sure because there was, an, and there was a Norwegian ship with us and they in port and they were not able to sail. But since Royal Caribbean said that their suspension was going to take place at midnight, we were allowed to sail. I was wondering because, like, Norwegian kicked people off the ship 20 minutes before it was supposed to set sail. Yeah, so we were – so when the news came, we were talking in Mustard Drill. I was like, well, hopefully we'll still get to sail, and uh, thankfully we were. Yeah. So first things first, let's go back before the whole suspension took place. Did you get a good deal on this? Um, I got an okay deal. I booked it on Monday – of like three to three to four days before the cruise and it was just myself so i had to, still had to pay the double occupancy mm-hmm. but overall it was it was a fair price gotcha but it wasn't one of those crazy deals that sometimes you hear about what was the buffet situation like because there's a lot of you know reports that the crew was serving people across different ships even down to the self-serve ice cream um the buffet no it was it was you you know you pretty much it was self-serve as normal However, they did make it was mandatory to wash your hands before you entered. Where a lot of times, like on the past cruises, it wasn't mandatory, but if you didn't wash your hands, then they gave you hand sanitizer. But here, if you weren't washing your hands, you weren't entering the buffet. Uh-huh. Now, the ice cream, they took care of that for you. You, you. you told them what you wanted, which kind of cone, and then they you know, handed it to you. But everything else, it was, it was self-serve. It's safe to say that a lot of you knew you were on the last voyage out. Did everyone understand the situation and what was going on? Um, I think they did. And since it came so last minute, a lot of the passengers were telling the crew about it for the first time because they had no, because they were in the middle of working their ships. They had no idea the shutdown was even coming. Mm-hmm. So while it was a topic of conversation, it didn't really change the vibe or the mood of the ship at all. People, most people just kind of expected that something was going to happen. It's so wild because as soon as I published the article that they were shutting down for 30 days, everyone started calling Royal Caribbean and their call center had no clue what was going on. Like this happened so freaking fast. Yeah, I mean, everything happened so last minute, you know, especially now we live in the day of like instant news. And so a lot of the agents, they're they're busy working. They don't know that Royal Caribbean just issued this press release, you know, 30 seconds ago that now suddenly shared across Facebook thousands mm-hmm. of times. Yeah. Were you nervous at all? I mean, about the whole quarantine thing and what if it happens? Um, I wasn't I wasn't nervous at all. If I was nervous, I wouldn't have booked it, you know, last minute. But I was really interested to see like how cruises were handling everything from getting your temperature checked as soon as you walked into the cruise terminal to, you know, extra cleaning the ship and things like that. 
but I wasn't worried about being quarantined. I had a, I booked a balcony, so I figured if we do get quarantined, at least I can go outside anytime I want on my balcony and enjoy fresh air. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you normally book a balcony, or did this influence the decision saying, hey, if I get stuck, I want to be on a balcony? On longer cruises, I tend to book a balcony. On the mm. shorter little Bahama runs like this, sometimes it's double the price, so I just get like an ocean view. But for this, I just went ahead and got the balcony just in case. Did you pack anything differently just in, just in case? Um, I brought extra vitamins, vitamin mm. C and like one a days. And I brought a lot extra that I was taking in case we did get quarantined. I could take that to help stay healthy. But besides that, I just pretty much packed normal. Were there any noticeable changes on board? I mean, like group events, for instance, like the sail away party where the whole social distancing thing is completely non-existent. Um, not really. The ship was pretty much, if you did not know the news, if you turned, you know, never logged on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, or turned the news on and just boarded the ship, you would have just thought it was a regular sailing. Everyone, you know, the vibe was great. Now there were only 2,100 passengers on board. So that gave you a ton of elbow room. There was never lines. It was great. You get an elevator anytime you want without people pulling, you know, packing Mm -hmm. in, pull deck chairs wherever you wanted. So that was really nice. Yeah. On the ship. Was it weird when it came to debarkation, not knowing when the next time you're going on a ship is? Like, what did you do? It took a few minutes just to kind of like, you know, take it all in and realize, you know, who knows when we'll get to, especially you and I, we, we're on ships all the time. And so not knowing when you're going to, you know, be able to sail again, it's, it was, it was, it was, it was a, definitely a different experience getting, getting off the ship. There have been reports of people getting sick after they disembarked. Not your ship, but cruise ships in general. Did you do anything different like self-quarantine? Um, I nest, I didn't really do any self-quarantine. Now, I work from home anyway, so I pretty much am home all day. So even if I did self-quarantine, my life would pretty much you know, mm. stay the same. You know, although I go to the grocery store and that's about it right now. So, but, you know, so if I do have anything, I'm not going to be spreading it because I'm, you know, in my home office working all day. So not so I'm not too worried about that. Did you get a chance to talk to the crew while you're on board or get any feedback from them on this whole situation? Um, at the first day we talked, but they didn't really know anything then because they mm. were in the middle of their shifts when the news hit. So they had no idea. Yeah. And but by the end, I was talking to my room steward and she was telling me how, you know, they're getting ready to have 30 days at sea because they can only come into port for provisions, but they can't get off the ship. Mm-hmm. But they, one nice thing Royal Caribbean is doing is they're actually going to have the ships dock at their private island, Coco Key, and they're going to have parties for the crew on there. So they're going to yeah. get, get a chance to enjoy the ship, enjoy the island during this 30 day, you know. So they were excited about that, but they weren't so excited about, you know, just kind of being alone for 30 days, with, you know, with no guests. The magnitude of this really sank in yesterday of just how large this is. And not only the crew members on board, but everyone in the hospitality industry, the hotels, the tour operators, this, you know, billions of dollars that this cruise industry generates basically wiped out for at least 30 days. Oh, yes. Even when I was flying home, when I stopped, I was in Atlanta on a Monday afternoon and I went into the Sky Club and there was maybe 30 people in there. And normally you can't even get a seat. And it was just a complete ghost town. And so it's not only hitting cruises and hotels and tour operators, but airlines, the people who work at the airports, the taxi drivers, Lyft drivers, Uber drivers. There's just so many people involved in the tourist industry that it's really affecting. Yeah, you were mentioning that the ships were like just going in for provisioning. It made me wonder because I saw a couple of ships docked at 
Coco key, and then I saw a couple in the Anchorage. They must be like rotating dock time. Yeah, that's what they said. I, from what I gathered, they're going to kind of kind of rotate in and out different ships, different areas, even in port. Mm-hmm. Like ship will come into Miami for a day, get provisioning, then head out. And so, but it'll be, you know, I'm, it's kind of like watching a lot of these, the cruise webcams, different ports, seeing what yeah. ships are in port today. And I wish they had one at the private island. So especially like mm-hmm. where Great Stir of Key is and Coco Key, since they're right next to each other and just seeing like, you know, five, six ships just hanging yeah. out there that you normally never see. Here in my office, I'm looking out the window and I see Carnival Ecstasy, which is our normal ship here. It's berthed at its regular spot. But then I'm looking at Norwegian Sky and also Norwegian Pearl. And Norwegian Gem is supposed to be here later on today. So we're going to have a full house of, uh, of cruise ships here for the next, well, I guess until we get back going again. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, at least, you know, see where all the ships are headed and kind of get an understanding. Even the cruise lines probably don't even know exactly what's going to be happening in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's really a day by day situation right now. Yeah, definitely wait and see. We've been talking with Ben Souza from CruiseFever.net about his article he wrote, what it was like cruising on the last cruise ship to leave Miami. We'll link it up in the show notes. You can also find it right there on the homepage at CruiseFever.net. Ben, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much, Doug. Thanks for having me on. If you listened to Cruise Radio Rewind over the weekend, you would have heard our travel insurance segment with Dan Skilkin from TripInsurance.com. Since then, I've gotten a number of follow-up questions. So joining us on the line is Dan Skilkin. Hello, Dan. Hey, Doug. How you doing? Good, man. I have four follow-up questions. So the first one says, what happens in the event of a cruise price drop? I bought a travel insurance policy and insured it for $2,000, but my cruise price dropped to $1,799. Well, Doug, certainly on tripinsurance.com, but I'm sure this is common across the industry. If you contact the insurance company, and tell them what your new trip cost is. In our particular case, if your trip cost goes down and that results in a lower premium, we refund the difference. So that's not a problem at all. If your trip cost goes up and your premium goes up, you just pay the difference. Mm-hmm. So we we recommend that uh, that our clients give us a call and certainly call any other insurance company to have them adjust uh, the trip cost in your plan. All right, Dan, this one is a cancel for any reason question. If you have to buy a policy that includes cancel for any reason within 14 days, what if I don't have my airfare or hotels yet? I don't want to be overinsured and pay more than I have to. Well, within cancel for any reason, you want to insure the total trip cost that is subject to cancellation penalties that you're aware of right now. So when you go to make your additional travel arrangements, you're going to book your airfare later, you have 14 to 15 days to contact the travel insurance company again and raise your trip costs. Just as we we, uh, answered in this previous question, you give them a call and you tell them what your new trip costs are, including the airfare, and they'll adjust your uh, trip cost in the plan and adjust your premium accordingly, and you just pay the difference in the premium. So you don't have to guess what your travel arrangements are going to be. Just go ahead and uh, declare the trip cost that you know when you buy the plan. All right. This next question kind of refers to the second question, but I want to make sure we're all tracking on the same page here. You mentioned in the show that you should cover the whole cost of the cruise up front, but wouldn't it make more sense to cover the non-refundables up front? Maybe I heard it wrong on your podcast. 
Okay, well, let's break this down into two different groups of, of insurance. If you're buying a conventional travel insurance product that doesn't include cancel for any reason, then we recommend our clients insure each of the installments they're making on their cruise as they make them. So if you have 500 down on the cruise, you can uh, declare a trip cost in those travel insurance plans at $500. And each time you make additional payments on the cruise, you call the insurance company back and you increase your trip cost and they'll charge you for the additional premium. When you're buying a cancel for any reason plan, it's different. And this is an important distinction you have to declare the total trip cost that is subject to cancellation penalties, regardless of whether or not you're paying by installments. So if that cruise was a $4,000 cruise for the couple, you've got to declare the total $4,000 cruise, not just the $500 payment that you've made up front. That is an important characteristic of cancel for any reason plans. It's required universally by cancel for any reason plans. And if you don't do that, you run the risk of when you go to file a claim, they're going to come back and say, wait a minute, you didn't insure the total trip cost. We're not going to honor the cancel for any reason claim. So um, that's the big difference. It just depends upon what kind of travel insurance you're buying. Our final question is from Howard, a longtime listener of the show. He said, my question is that during our cruise vacation on the Carnival Panorama, we have an activity planned when the cruise returns. We have purchased really expensive Major League Baseball tickets for the Yankees and Angels game. Suppose the game is not played as scheduled, but maybe for a future date that is not convenient for me or practical for the family. We live in another state. Would trip insurance cover this event? Howard, you can insure those baseball tickets. The important part right now is that um, they haven't shut down baseball games yet. If they had shut down baseball games and you tried to insure them now, the insurance company would come back and say, wait a minute, that's a known risk and we're not going to insure it. So if right now, for instance, you were trying to insure basketball tickets or hockey tickets when both of those leagues have completely shut down at this particular point, the insurance company would probably not accept a claim after that happened. In this case, because baseball, we don't know if it's been affected yet and they haven't announced anything yet, you could absolutely insure it. So if you haven't included the cost of those baseball tickets in your declared trip cost in your insurance plan, give the insurance company a call back and add those tickets in. Uh, if you've already added them in, you're covered for it. So if, um, if if something happens and they shut down baseball, you'd be you'd be covered for for something like that. The important part here is that we recommend clients insure these kinds of shore excursions because that's that's like a shore excursion. If you prepay a shore excursion for a cruise, you should include that in your trip costs because if something happens and you can't go on that shore excursion, uh, it's an important thing to insure. What's interesting is that we've got some clients that will go to something like a Super Bowl game and they'll insure their airline tickets and the Super Bowl game because they're flying in the day of the of the game or maybe the night before, what if they can't get there and they're going to miss the game? And so they've got a they've got a covered reason for cancellation and then they can claim those tickets. That's it for the questions I have. Did you want to add anything? Doug, there was something else that I wanted to bring up that I thought was an interesting thing going on in the travel insurance industry right now that we've been really surprised about. Um, there has been so much um, 
cooperation on the part of airlines and cruise companies to provide travel vouchers, that there's a lot of outstanding um, travel insurance out there on trips. And we don't know what's happening with those trips yet. People are rescheduling those trips. And we're finding an unusual um, flexibility on the part of the travel insurance companies to allow people to change their dates of travel on their original travel insurance. Uh, and we think that's been phenomenal. We've been very impressed with what the travel insurance companies are, are, are trying to do their best to cover uh, the claims as best they can. They, they, have to, they have to cover them based on the way the policy is written. Um, but they are doing their best to, uh, to pay claims uh, and work in uh, uh, night and day on this. Uh, we have been receiving an unbelievable number of emails and telephone calls. We've been up to 1 o'clock every night trying to, to stay up with them. Uh, and we recommend people send an email rather than, than wait on the phone because the phones have been crazy. Um, but then in the middle of all of this, we we also just got got uh, shelter in place, locked down in our homes. So we're we're located out in Santa Clara County in California, mm-hmm. and they've already uh, imposed shelter in place here. So we're just working out of the house. All of the staff are working out of their homes, and we're communicating and trying our best to stay on top of the incredible amount of customer service work that we've got ahead of us. We'll hang in there, Dan. We've been talking with Dan Skilkin, president of TripInsurance.com. As always, thank you so much. Doug, thanks. And again, if any of your listeners have any questions for us, send us, a, send us an email at support at TripInsurance.com. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, vendors, and port employees, We offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 